Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 20 of the Ringside Rundown podcast brought to you by TWN.news and TheWrestlingChronicle.com. My name is Eric Vasquez representing TheWrestlingChronicle.com. And joining me on the line is my podcasting partner in crime representing TWN.news, Shay Hickson. Shay, what's going on? Uh, not much. Uh, it's been a while. It feels like it's been too long. Yeah, we, we've we, done this. We went on a streak of like 19 straight episodes of constant, you know, contact every week that, yeah. you know, it kind of feels weird that we haven't talked to each other in, in about a week and a half or two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we've been messaging each other, obviously. We haven't give the listeners a hint. We don't completely shut each other out for the rest of the week until, <laughs> until we see each other. We still talk to each other. But yeah, it was, it was, I mean, the hotel Wi Fi struck again. That it, damn hotel Wi-Fi. And you know what? It's IHG too. So it's like the Holiday Inns and like any IHG property. Apparently that seems to be the bane of my existence <laughs> because we were all ready to do the show on Saturday or Sunday. Was it Friday or Saturday? I don't even remember. I think it, it was might, Saturday. It was, yeah, it was Saturday. I woke up. I tried to connect to the internet on my computer and it just kept spinning and spinning and spinning for like 15 minutes so that's when i messaged you and said yeah i don't know if we're gonna be able to do this which it was weird because my wi-fi on my phone connected perfectly fine but apparently the computer was too much i guess so, well at least the people at home know it's not like we just decided oh we're not gonna record this yeah week. we <laughs> actually tried to get a show and it was just technical difficulties yeah, which, ha- which happen they happen all the time you know it's nobody's fault it's uh it is what it is, but we're here today. That's why we're here today. Kind of give you a bonus episode to make up for the one that we lost and talk about uh, Crown Jewel, which uh, just wrapped up about an, uh, a, about a half hour ago. Feels like, yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought it was going to be a little shorter than that because if originally we, I think, decided it on three o'clock. Yeah. And that's then there was still like a match and a half left. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is going to be a little later than usual. But yeah, here we it, are. It was, it was an actual, it was a deep pay per view. I think altogether with the kickoff show, there was uh ten matches. Yeah. So Saudi Arabia got their money's worth. And to be honest with you, I know we kind of looked down on the Saudi Arabia shows, but this one wasn't all that bad. No, it honestly was pretty good. I mean, disclaimer on my end, we were talking about this a little earlier. Um, I was like running all over the place this afternoon, so I missed the first hour of the show mm-hmm. and so i'm thinking to myself uh great i probably just missed like three or four matches i'm gonna be extremely behind i'm not gonna know what i'm talking about and so i messaged you and i said okay i just turned it on around like one o'clock what i miss and you said well uh ed and rollins and uh yeah i'm like wait it's been yeah. an hour <laughs> it's been an hour yeah and, they went yeah. really long it was ed- weird Edge and Rollins went really, really long for uh for the opening match, but I kind of didn't mind it because it was actually a really, really good match between the two. They were hammering home that this is a trilogy match, so after this match was over, it would probably be the end of the Seth Rollins-Edge feud, and what a way to cap it off. I mean, I don't know if you got to see any of the highlights oh, yes. of, of the match, but this was actually a really, really competitive uh, almost brutal match because they broke out a lot of stuff. They broke out ladders. They broke out tables, chairs, steel chains. It was it was kind of all over the place in the sense of it was a really brutal match that I, I know that these two are definitely going to feel it in the morning when they wake up. Oh, yeah. Just watching the highlights. It was insane. And they took some pretty heavy bumps, too. Like Rollins with that suicide dive and falling through the table and Edge going through the powerbomb through the table. It was Mm -hmm. like, wow, it was it was insane. But that's what you had to do, because if they like you said, they were hyping it up to be the trilogy, the like last match of this feud. So go big or go home. And Jesus, did they go big? They went big and they definitely did i didn't mind the ending i thought it was very uh poetic because edge using the stomp rollins move is a spit in the face and a slap in the face to rollins and he deserved it because of all the crap he's done to edge for the last few months so i think it was very poetic and justified to do something like that and yeah oh my god great match 
Yeah, I mean, this looked like a match where Seth Rollins um, was kind of, I, I don't want to use the cliche term, unhinged, but he looked like he was willing to take any uh, anything to do. You know, he wanted to really take Edge out. He actually wrapped his boot in a steel chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted to hit the curb stomp onto a steel chair. He actually stole a move from Christian and hit Edge with the Unprettier, yeah. which I thought was pretty neat. Um, so these guys went back and forth. Uh, the closing moment saw Seth hit a few super kicks on um, on, and Rollins wrapped the steel chain around his boot. Now, Seth hit a super kick and he went to set up for the concerto again. But when he went to go hit it, Edge moved out of the way, grabbed the chair and used the chair as kind of a low blow. Yeah. Oh, that looks so bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Got, got Rollins in the, in the jewels and then he applied the cross face with the chain. And then instead of applying it to the sense where he can get a tap out victory, he actually let go of the hold and then hit a curb stomp onto the chair on Seth Rollins. So like you said, it was kind of neat. He was stealing moves from Seth Rollins as Seth Rollins was doing the same and has been doing the same to Edge for the past couple of weeks. So kind of a neat little callback. Edge hits the curb stomp through the chair and gets the pinfall victory. Uh, this was as good as any of their other matches i don't i don't i can't really say which one was the best out of out of the three but this one was a perfect way to really cap off the feud and uh hammer home that this one's done and over with oh yeah i agree they all of their matches have just been so good like you said you almost can't pick which one was the best they're all just good in their own way and yeah, now it's going to be interesting to see where these two go because they're both still on the same show. They moved to Raw starting Yeah, tomorrow. they're both on Raw and Edge is drafted to Raw. So he's not necessarily a part-time wrestler. It looks like he might have something else to do uh, in the coming weeks now that he's moved over to Raw. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with these two. Yeah, again, uh, wonderful match. I, I do have the poll emojis up, but they're up for... Uh, 24 hours so when we do our episode next on Sunday I will read off the final results for each match so that way you guys can get uh, your votes in but go ahead and head over to the ringside rundown Twitter and go ahead and vote in the poll and uh, let us know what you thought of the match please give us the flame emojis (laughs) yes Uh, next up we have Mansoor in his hometown of Riyadh Saudi Arabia taking on his old former mentor turned nemesis Mustafa Ali this one I thought was really interesting they didn't really have a lot of time to build this one up but they did it in a very interesting way where they had Mustafa Ali kind of turn on Mansoor and kind of call him the weak link and a loser and all that other stuff uh so you know you go into Saudi Arabia and then this is Mansoor's hometown so of course he has the hometown crowd behind him and I was really surprised because as good as the first match was the opening match this crowd really stuck around and actually hyped up this match and made it, you know, something to be invested in. Yeah, and this seems to be apparently Mansoor is the only one who can evade the hometown curse. Yeah. With WWE right? because everybody else gets embarrassed, destroyed in mm. their hometowns. Not Mansoor though, but <laughs> it was still a really good match. I mean Ollie's the kind of guy that has a great can have a great match with just about anybody, so I wasn't expecting a garbage match from these two, and Mm -hmm. they work together really, really well. It's just a shame that poor Ollie has to keep losing because I feel like he could be a really good mid-card kind of guy if they gave him the chance, but Monsor showed he can be that too. Yeah, I'm really surprised. Like you said, uh, I figured the hometown curse would come back when Ali had uh, Mansoor in the Koji clutch, and that was a real pivotal moment. And it looked like um, maybe Mansoor wasn't going to be able to fight out of that, mm-hmm. but he actually did. Ends up getting the victory with that slingshot neck breaker, which was pretty cool. And then uh, something happened where the Olympic silver medalist for Saudi Arabia came down to the ring. His name is Tariq Hamedi. He came yeah. back to the ring. Nobody really knew. Who, well, I mean, nobody at home watching the show <laughs> didn't know who he is. Uh, and then when he uh, uh, showed his face and everything, the people went kind of crazy. He knocked out Ali with just one kick and him oh. and Mansoor embrace. So that was a pretty cool hometown moment, you know, something yeah. something interesting to add to the show. It was so funny because 
he was taking his sweet ass time at he the really was. stage. It's like, who is this guy? And then he came down and the crowd's losing their mind. And I'm sitting there going, eh, okay, who is this? And the announce team's like losing their minds going, do you know who this is? And I'm like, no, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> and they said his name and who he was. And I said, oh, that's, that's cool. I mean, it was a nice moment for the crowd there, but unless yeah. you're super into that stuff at home, nobody knew who the heck he was, but I oh, did know. he lay Ali out? Oh my goodness, that kick. <laughs> that kick laid Ali yeah. out. It was a pretty cool moment. Uh, the crowd really loved it, and uh, I I gotta give credit to the crowd. They really stuck around throughout this whole show. Yeah. Um, obviously, they were excited to have WWE in their hometown, but you would think a four hour show, there would be some parts where the crowd was kind of down and out, but they really stuck behind everything. Honestly, I was expecting a couple of the matches to just have no reactions whatsoever, because we're so used to that with American crowds where Mm -hmm. you get a hot match. And then we always say the like death spot on the card where the next match just gets no reaction whatsoever because the match before it just wore the crowd out. No, these people were hyped up the entire time, which is good though, because it helps us. It helps the story being told in the ring, too, because you could have a great match going on in the ring, but if the crowd's not into it, it just takes away from it. So I'm glad that the crowd was keeping this going throughout because then it made me want to pay attention because, okay, well, if the crowd's into it, I'm not bored. They're not bored. So it was good. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, and, And again, it's pretty cool that we didn't have a match where something like the hometown curse, just because you're, you're from wherever they are. doesn't mean you get to win your match. I think it was a good call to have Mansoor win the match. Yeah. And like I said, we have poll emojis up for that. So go ahead over to Twitter on ringside rundown Twitter and uh, hit the vote, whatever you thought the match was. And like I said, Sunday, I'll be reading those off. Uh, next up we have for the raw tag team championships, the champions RK bro taking on AJ styles and Amos. This is pretty cool because uh, uh, Riddle decided to come out on a camel. <laughs> Only Riddle would do that. <laughs> Only he would. Because I, I was kind of paying attention to the entrance. It kind of wasn't. I was on my phone for a minute. And then I remember who was on the announce team said, oh, he's just running away now. And I look up and he's gone. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, where'd, where'd Riddle go? And then the next thing you know, he comes out on a damn camel, which I'm laughing because that's just such a Riddle thing to do. <laughs> So I thought that was a nice touch, and Randy's just standing there like, what did I get myself into? Yeah, but he's looking like, what the hell is going like, can I go on? Home? I want to go home. <laughs> oh, man. Um, speaking of going home, real quick before we get into the match, I always think about that, that they have SmackDown coming up tomorrow. Yeah. And some of them, I wonder what the logistics were, where how would they flying home from Saudi Arabia? Were they getting on a plane before the show was even over? You know, hopefully having no no delays or you know holdups and uh, just craziness. Yeah, as long as they don't get stuck on the tarmac for seven hours, I think maybe they might have a chance of getting home in time. But yeah, no, I like I said, no, uh, no dark side of the ring episodes are going to happen here. I think they learned that. I think they learned their lesson this time. Yeah, pay Mm -hmm. pay the prince. Yeah, right. So, (laughs) uh, like I said, uh, AJ Styles and almost was pretty good. I kind of felt like this would have been a match better suited for tv um rather than this pay-per-view not saying that it was bad it was just kind of prototypical of what you would see on raw um rather than a pay-per-view match but it was still pretty good um almost is starting to get his footing in the ring a little bit understanding what his size advantage can do and he's really relying on aj styles to do the rest so it still was a good back and forth tag team match what'd you think of the match Yeah, I kind of agreed with you because I'm sitting there watching it and I'm trying my hardest to pay attention. But in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking we've seen this match, how many different versions of it on Raw Mm -hmm. for the last few months. And it's just, it wasn't bad, but it's just nothing we haven't seen already. And yeah, it just seemed like a TV show or a TV match, like you put it. It didn't really feel like it needed to be on the card, Mm -hmm. but um. It was still good. Like you said, Omos is improving. Um, I don't know if you heard that rumor where they were trying to break Styles and Omos up, but Yeah, I had I had saw that there there was a potential that they were gonna get drafted to different shows. I kind of feel like almost as good as someone's heavy. I feel like yeah. without somebody to rely on, he would kind of get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, and I think he's just so new that 
if you would just throw him out on his own, he would look completely out of place no matter how big he is. Cause I think that's the problem sometimes where, Oh, he's big. He's strong. That's it. He can, that that's fine. Who cares mm-hmm. if he only has however many, whatever months or so of experience he's big, Well, you can't always rely on size because if you don't know how to use it and don't know how to work around the ring properly, it's going to look very clunky and very right. bad. And I think having somebody like Styles around is doing wonders for him. Because imagine how he'd look if he just came up by himself. Right, right, exactly. I feel like, yeah, he is really picking up on um, learning from Styles in the ring. Because Styles is one of those people, like, he he can teach without actually having to say anything. Just watch what he does in the ring, and you'll end up learning a lot. So I think uh, almost is getting a first-class education, which is pretty cool for him. So I don't want to see that broken up anytime soon. No. But now but, I just hope that these two teams move on because we've seen this long enough. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It's been it's been going on for a while. It's been going on past some uh before SummerSlam. So it's been it's kind of run its course. But this was still a, a good match, especially towards the end. They battled on the apron, Randy hitting the draping DDT and went for the cover, but almost broke it up at two. Styles battled back and went for the phenomenal forearm, but Orton countered into the RKO, which popped the crowd major. Riddle tagged in and hit the floating bro for the pinfall victory. So RK bro continue their reign as Raw Tag Team Champions. Which so, is fine with me. And now <laughs> it's just, okay, let's see what else they can do now. Yeah. Next up uh, was the finals for the Queen's Crown Tournament between Zelina Vega and Dewdrop. Now, I know you was upset that uh, your favorite, Shayna Baszler, didn't make it out of the semifinals. Yeah. I was actually surprised that she didn't make it out of the semifinals. I thought the finals was a deadlock for Shayna Baszler. But uh, they ended up going with Dewdrop instead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think the listeners are probably expecting me to go into another rant that like I did when we were talking about the tournament before and all mm-hmm. this. And it's just so sad to me now that I'm not even surprised by it. I was mad for like five minutes after it happened. Mm-hmm. But this stuff has happened so many times that I just was like whatever i'm not even surprised (laughs) you know what i thought you know at least Shayna doesn't have to go to that dumpster fire (laughs) in saudi arabia so you know what and she apparently is going to be doing a few with sonia and naomi so it's not like she's not going to do anything right i just really understand why we were again building her up only to once again lose to it wasn't a roll-up it was it was a unique pin on raw i'll give them that but it just it almost seemed like she was the lock to win that tournament. You looked at the bracket. Mm. There was nobody else that had a chance except her. Right. So when Dewdrop won, it just was, again, not surprising to me, whatever. So we go to this match, and I completely forgot that these two had actually wrestled years ago in the World's Collide um, show. Oh, yeah, that's right. They and did. It was a really good match back then. So I was kind of hoping it was going to be just as good as that one. And honestly, it was. Funny what happens when you give the women enough time to wrestle a decent match. Yeah. What happens? Who would have thought? Like, I know it's... this is mind blowing stuff, but <laughs> no, it's really good. That's the sad part is that this match was really good, but the bar was kind of set really low. The bar was on the floor. With every match in the tournament being less than two minutes, you know, not a lot of action. You didn't really have high hopes going into this match, but they actually turned out to put on a competitive match. Um, I was just surprised because there was a very big size differential between both the ladies that you almost figured that Dewdrop was going to get the win based on her size alone. Um, but that didn't really happen. And Selena Vega was able to pull out a flawless code red and get the victory. And honestly, I was perfectly okay with that. We were talking about it before we went on. If it wasn't going to be Shayna, I was going to be perfectly okay with it being Selena. Because if you look at these kind of tournament, these like King of the Ring style tournaments, it almost is perfectly fit for a heel because... Mm-hmm then they could be even cockier about it that oh we'll see i'm royalty i'm the king now i'm the queen whatever zelina has the perfect personality for this she does and what you saw in the ring why did it take him so long to actually give her enough time because she's clearly capable of wrestling and putting on great matches if you give them the time who would have thought again i know it's weird (laughs) doodrop wasn't bad either i just feel like we've seen her 
do so much more when she wasn't do drop. So I'm not entirely sure why they were like holding her back a little bit. At least mm-hmm. that, it just, at least it seems like that for me. It seems like she should be the kind of person that's like running over people like Zelina Vega, not having a competitive match with her. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was, uh, I was assuming it was going to be. I figured, well, the matches have been short throughout the tournament. So this one's only going to go five minutes. It's probably going to be a squash with Dewdrop using her size over Zelina Vega, but that wasn't the case. No. And I, I was okay with it. I thought it was pretty good. I know some people are going to complain that, Oh, you mean to tell me someone like Zelina is going to take Dewdrop out with a code red? Well, that's kind of her thing. So I'm not upset about it. I'm perfectly okay with it. And uh, yeah, I mean, good for Zelina. I feel like I said she's going to, if they give her the proper time and booking, is going to be a fantastic queen of the ring going forward for the next year. And I know some people, including myself, were mad it wasn't Shayna, but <laughs> we said it on the uh, podcast before that Shayna's the kind of person where she was going to say, I don't need a scepter and a crown to know that I'm the true queen of WWE, which I agree. I agree. <laughs> but since it had to be somebody, I'm glad it was Zelina. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. It, it can further her career. She can add that to, you know, she can, there can only be one first. Yeah. You know, so she's she's part of history, um, which is pretty cool. She's the first ever Queen's Crown Tournament winner, and she can only be there can only be one first. So good for her. Yeah. Shout out to Zelina Vega. And um, is she is she going to be on Raw or SmackDown? I can't remember. Uh, I'm pretty sure she moved to Raw. She moved to Raw. So yeah. definitely uh, be on the lookout for Monday. See what the new Queen of the Ring Zelina Vega is going to do. Next up, we had. A match that I know you were looking forward to. Uh, oh, absolutely. Bobby Lashley and Goldberg in a no-holds-barred match. This one was kind of weird. The buildup was basically Goldberg kept threatening to kill Bobby Lashley for putting his hands on uh, Goldberg's son, Gage. Now, for me, like, I, I was, me and my brother were talking about it, and he's like, if you think about it, it's kind of dumb that Goldberg is blaming Bobby Lashley for what happened to his son when his son was the one that jumped the barricade, yes. jumped in the ring, and decided yes. to go after Bobby Lashley. We like, li- yeah, we literally <laughs> talked about that before. It's like, okay, if you're going to jump the barricade and go after somebody in the ring, you kind of deserve what's coming to you. So yeah. it makes perfect sense for Lashley to say, look, it was an accident. I didn't know who he was. I just felt someone attacking me, so I just... Reacted, yeah. so it makes perfect sense if i mean i don't know why you would think lashley's in the wrong in this situation <laughs> but here we were but i will say Uh-oh. obviously i didn't have much expectations going into this match because mm-hmm. why would you it wasn't bad but no i thought it was better than their SummerSlam match oh yeah well for the simple reason there's one simple reason for that there was barely any wrestling in this match yes it was literally just Okay, there were a couple spears and a jackhammer that didn't kill Lashley, thank God. But other than that, it was basically using the no-holds-barred stipulation to the fullest extent because we I've said this last time we were talking about this. This was just to shield the fact that Goldberg can't really be Goldberg anymore. No, he, he and, and every time he goes out there, he kind of looks older and older yes. and older. It's almost as if the longer you go, the older you get. Yeah, who would have thunk that? Oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> who would have thought that that's what aging is? But yeah, yeah, the they that's the only reason this was a no holds barred match. This was to mask the fact that Goldberg is aging and is not the guy he used to be. And for some reason, they just still want are just hell bent on putting him in a ring. And sadly, you and I both know this is not going to be the last time we see him. We no, know there, no, there'll definitely be more. Not. But. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was probably one of his better matches because there wasn't a lot of wrestling in it. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of wrestling in it. The match moved to the stage area where the Hurt Business came out. They went to attack Goldberg with kendo sticks, but he ends up getting the upper hand. And then they move up to the top of the stage where Goldberg decides, oh, how I'm just going to spear Bobby Lashley (laughs) off the stage uh, some 10 to 12 feet down below, crashing onto tables. And he ends up getting the victory uh, again because it was no holds barred. So the ref counted the three pin there. 
and Goldberg gets the victory to avenge his son Gage. He didn't actually kill uh, Bobby Lashley, no. which I'm I'm relieved. I'm relieved. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm relieved he didn't actually kill Bobby Lashley. Uh, but like you said, it was it was for like a street fight type uh, stipulation. This was an okay match. And yeah. it was definitely better than their SummerSlam match. It had a, a definitive ending where, where I felt like SummerSlam kind of was a little confusing, mm-hmm. a little convoluted. You know, they actually had a definitive ending on this one. So uh, we won't have to see Goldberg for another couple months, maybe till the next Saudi Arabia show. Oh, God, I, I hope. But the only, I, now that I think about it, the only problem I kind of had with the, the match was at the very beginning, mm-hmm. Lashley's just destroying Goldberg's knee, puts it in the chair, stomps on it, everything. But then it's like, as the match goes on, it's almost like that never happened because Goldberg was barely acting like he was on one leg, spearing him yeah. left and right and doing all this wild shit. <laughs> like, he... <laughs> okay it was kind of like it was like SummerSlam all over again but at least i guess he was selling the right leg this time <laughs> instead of going the other way but yeah it Small was victories yeah it was it was a good enough match but now we just have to i just wish it wasn't gonna come at lashley's expense but here we are and uh yeah it's gonna yeah. be now we hopefully can wait a very long time until we see the next one but we know how these things go and it's like you said it's interesting to see what's gonna happen with bobby lashley now Kind of on the downside since losing the WWE Championship. Um, He's lost to Goldberg. So now uh, it's interesting to see what he's going to be doing next. But moving on the card, we had a fantastic King of the Ring tournament finale between Finn Balor, the Prince, taking on Xavier Woods, the man who's been apparently dreaming of being King of the Ring since he was a kid. Uh, Did not know that. But uh, this was... A really, really good competitive match between two guys who were similar in size and stature, and they really went out there and put on a good show. Honestly, and I think they could have had even more time. It was, but the time they were given, it was still a really good match. And I think what kind of helped was there was a lot of uncertainty going into this one because yeah xavier winning was the feel-good moment but there was also a really good chance that finn could have won it too especially after all the shenanigans that happened with his match with roman at SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. so either one of them could have won and it could have been legitimate i'm just happy they finally went with the feel-good moment because we talked about this when uh, xavier advanced the first time this is finally that moment where he's not the lower card of the new day now right now he actually is in a league with Kofi and Big E. They're all equals. They always were. He mm. just never had a chance to show it. Now I think people can start taking him seriously now because it was a really good match. Those two played off each other so well. It was Yeah, it's so almost good. like they've wrestled each other a million times before. Yeah. It was that back and forth and, you know, it kept you on the edge of your seat, kept you really engaged in the match. One of those matches where you put down your phone and you watch it and you're, yeah. you're really glad that you you did because you don't want to miss anything that goes on. And these two went at it, you know? They did. And it. I saw this somewhere, I think it was on Twitter. Somebody had said that this is the first time the King of the Ring tournaments actually felt important in years. Mm-hmm. And it really has, because some of the winners in years past were a bit of a choice, but they should have believably have seen Xavier winning. And I'm so glad he finally did, because... I think he deserves it. I didn't know that that was like his dream to win it. Like, you know, I didn't know, but apparently it was. And you know what? Good for him. I'd say he earned it. I would like to see the King of the Ring, much like the Queen's Crown Tournament, get expanded. And we talked about it last time on the podcast. You know, eight is just not enough. No. We definitely would love to see more, get more people involved and make this a longer drawn out tournament to really determine who is deserving to be queen and king of the of the ring. But yeah. I am I am ecstatic that Xavier Woods got to realize his dream. Again, it was a great match. Um they were go- going back and forth. Xavier hit an Instagram followed up by a gut buster. Woods has made his way to the top rope and hit his limit breaker elbow drop. That elbow drop that he does where he walks to the middle of the ropes and then hits that elbow. That's mm-hmm. pretty good stuff. Oh yeah, it's really good. Really good stuff. He wins the match. Pyro goes off, and then he gets to sit on the throne, and 
you know, uh, they make the announcement, all hail King Xavier. And I'm glad that they didn't have Kofi come out because I think that's what probably a lot of people were expecting. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, that's his best friend, basically his brother. But I'm glad they let Xavier just have that moment to himself. Yeah, definitely. And I, but I do agree when they do this again, hopefully they do this again. They make it a lot bigger than eight people on each, on each tournament, because I feel like if the finals weren't predetermined set for crown jewel, then they would have probably had more time to prepare it, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of their fault too, for waiting two weeks before the show <laughs> yeah. to actually be like, Oh wait, we have these tournaments we have to put on. So we could probably talk about that next time. How I think the women's tournament especially was kind of doomed from the start. I mean, yeah, well, when each match is only two to three minutes long. Yeah. You know. It's pathetic. And the this match, I think, was, I think I saw double the time of the second longest match or, like, the longest match of the tournament, (laughs) which that shouldn't, this entire match should not have, this tournament should not have been under 20 minutes. I feel like that was the case. I think it was under, like, 20. It should never have been that. That was garbage and i would like for them to learn from their mistakes but we know where that's gone before so um i don't know we're hoping it'll be better but at least we'll get on AEW side we'll get the tbs tournament which i would like to think unless they have a soul like all of a sudden just have an aneurysm or something a way better tournament than the queen's crown but yeah i like i i think i said that to you i don't know maybe on twitter so that they they have to look at this tournament and and say to themselves not only laugh but look at it and say everything that they did we have to do the opposite oh yeah you know because the just that doesn't work in in the tournament sense you want to build it up make it esteemed make it something that's valuable so that way when the winner wins they they can celebrate and feel like they actually won something meaningful yeah, and like you said, the bar for the Queen's Crown is was so low. It might even be lower than the floor <laughs> that TBS could have a average to below average tournament and people are still going to say it's better than the Queen's Crown. Yeah. Which is yeah. sad because it's going to be good. We know it's going to be good when you see this like some of the people that are already in it already, Jade Cargill, Ruby Soho, Thunder Rosa, I would assume at some point Chris Adlander. So just those women right there make it must see to begin with and i cannot wait to see this bracket because i'm pretty sure the bracket's being announced on uh friday tomorrow yeah, actually tomorrow so we'll have plenty to talk about on yes the- we will our next episode definitely for sure so be on the lookout for that um next up on the card we had biggie defending the wwe championship against drew mcintyre a-, a good solid wrestling match going back and forth between the two um and I was actually surprised that they were both able to have a match where there wasn't any clunkiness, you know, because these are two really big dudes going no. at it, as Biggie would say, slapping man meat. <laughs> oh, uh, just that phrase. I, I, it's the truth, I, though. I love the, I love the near fall aspect of this match. There was a ton of near falls in the match, both going back and forth. Everybody was hitting their big shots. And... uh you know, Biggie kept kicking out. I think Biggie is an underdog champion that mm-hmm. I think people are still grasping at. So it's too soon to derail his uh, reign as champion. Yeah. And I think both of them have that agility and speed that a lot of people their size don't really have. Mm-hmm. So it was always going to be more than just, oh, two big guys destroying each other. They can take it to a whole other level. And they did. They really did. They because really I think did. A lot of people were just not, maybe not as excited for this match because McIntyre got another shot, and some people were probably thinking, "Oh, great, he's got another title shot. Here we go, whatever." This was still really good, and both and they made it into a big fight feel because you had Drew kicking out of the big ending, and you had Biggie kicking out of the Claymore. Mm-hmm. Those near falls were insane enough as it is because most people don't kick out of those. Yeah. ever so we'll see but oh it was a good match such a good match and now we get to see what drew gets to do going to smackdown now and it just sucks though because now biggie can't celebrate with woods and kofi because they're on smackdown now yeah which is still it's... dumb to me but i digress we already yelled about that last time but <laughs> now it's going to be interesting to see who's next in line for biggie and what drew's going to do on smackdown maybe he'll go i would hope not but i wouldn't be surprised he goes straight after roman but 
I would I would be surprised if that that isn't the plan. But um, I don't think that. I mean, we'll get into it later on in the show. But Roman's on an unstoppable reign. I don't think anybody, even Drew McIntyre, is is built to no. stop that reign so far. But we'll get into that later. What I did like about this match, though, it was a big. Like they were brawling each other, but they also broke out a lot of really neat stuff. Like Biggie applied a stretch muffler that Drew countered into an ankle lock. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of back and forth. And then the way Biggie was able to transition Drew into that second big ending to get the win was really cool. So mm -hmm. shout out to Biggie for winning the match. Like I said on Sunday, I'll be reading off the poll results uh, for the flame emojis. So get your votes in on Twitter at Ringside Rundown. Check that out. Make sure you vote. Um, what you thought of the match one through four flame emojis let us know what you thought uh and then we move on to the women's match becky lynch defending the smackdown title against sasha banks and bianca belair what'd you think of this match oh i think it for me anyway i think that was easily my favorite match of the night it was so so good and We'll get to the ending because the ending is a whole other conversation topic in itself. But <laughs> we've seen how many times before the Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch have fantastic chemistry together. Yes, they do. And Bianca just fit in there seamlessly. Yeah. And I, I think we were talking about it, you and I. Uh, we were like DMing each other back and forth. And I think we talked about the difference in the depth of the of the women's division and how people like Bianca sasha becky charlotte they they get a different sort of treatment than the rest of the women on the on the in the division do yeah um but i feel like if if bailey was there she'd be another one that would be some put in that position where she would get more time and more preferential treatment yeah. but i feel like bianca somehow has like shoehorned her way into that conversation mm -hmm. where they realize the type of athlete that they have so they have to kind of give her her just do. Um, I was just kind of with the whole situation and, you know, I know you're going to get into it deeper, the whole situation in terms of the draft and the championships, it's, it's all very confusing. Yeah. It's, it's really confusing. And I like that you brought that up because um, before we get into the championships, the thing that just frustrates me to no end about WWE and how they book the women is you have them when you have the Sashas and the Biancas and the Beckys and the Charlottes and the Baileys too. You give these women enough time, this is the stuff you get. Mm -hmm. But you have other women not named Sasha, Bianca, Becky, Charlotte, and Bailey that can do just as much if you give them the time. Perfect example, you gave Zelina and Dewdrop longer basically double the time of any of the other matches in the tournament and they had a really good match why can you not just give these women more than two seconds in the ring they're all capable just because they don't have as big of a star power as some of the other women doesn't mean that they still can't do really good stuff in the ring you just mm -hmm. have to give them the time to do it but yeah. i digress on that the championship sheet yeah the ugh. The championships are where we're going to have a bit of a problem for a little while because it all started on Monday where I think a lot of people were expecting, I don't know if you were, I think I kind of was, I was expecting Bianca to beat Charlotte for the title because in the back of my mind, okay, well, Friday's when the new rosters go into effect. Charlotte's going to SmackDown. Bianca's going to Raw. Charlotte still has the Raw Women's Championship, so it would make sense to have Bianca hold the title. And they had a really, really good match on Raw. Oh, and they did, but that ending, I hate That ending, I hated the end. I hate it. I hate, and I always say this. I hated the ending, but maybe I was supposed to hate the ending, you know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, like, maybe you're supposed to hate the ending. Like, damn it, that was that match was so good. Just so much back and forth going on between yeah. the two. Uh, Bianca really just pulling out all these moves and just, getting the two counts on charlotte and she was selling everything so good it was it was great stuff and then charlotte had to use the chair to get the disqualification oh, and then, it, was just, it just took i mean the match itself was great it's just that ending just sucked that ending yeah. was just so bad and so i said it sucked the ending <laughs> sucked the match itself was fantastic and i said okay well then maybe they're starting with this match here at crown jewel 
I think a lot of people were expecting Sasha to win it because the other two are going to Raw. That didn't happen. So now the question is, are we going to have Becky and Charlotte pull double duty until Survivor Series? Because that's the next pay-per-view is Survivor Mm -hmm. Series. And even then, how are you going to fix this? Because the only way I can think, and it was stupid when it happened the first time, and it would be just as stupid if they happened now, when last year, when they switched the tag team titles, when mm-hmm. the Street Profits and the Usos switched, literally they just gave each other the titles. Right. Like it was nothing. That was stupid. I hated that. That was a cop-out move. You can't do that again. Ooh. So it's almost like, what do you, now what are you going to do? You just booked yourself into a corner because you're... SmackDown Women's Champions on Raw and your Raw Women's Champions on SmackDown and now what are you going to do? Are you going because it would make perfect sense for those two are going to end up facing each other at Survivor Series that's literally how it goes. Like the top from mm-hmm. SmackDown faces the top from Raw. How are you going to get the titles off of each other onto the other person? It's just I don't know how they're going to do this um, without it being very dumb. I would like to not think they're going to try to unify the titles because that's just a bad idea. Because then they would have that to un- floated around. Really? That, mm-hmm. That's been a rumor that they were planning on unifying? Uh, supposedly. But I'm just hoping that's not true because that's yeah. if that's the case, that takes a massive step backwards for the women. Because and Not only that, they why wouldn't they have to do that for the men's title too? Exactly. So that's not a good idea. So I'm not entirely sure how they're going to do this unless... Um, before they go to Survivor Series, they just have them both lose the titles on SmackDown and Raw, which, I mean, that literally is the only thing that I can think of them doing, but now the clock's ticking. You have a month. Interesting. So God only knows what they're going to do, but they better do something quick. Yeah, and and all all of this kind of, the sad part is it all takes away from the actual match that they had at Crown Jewel. Whenever you see women wrestling on Crown Jewel, it's it's a big deal to me at least it's a big deal because you know it's it's a chance for little girls in saudi arabia to see like oh i can actually do this Mm -hmm. you know this is this is cool like women can actually go out there and wrestle and and have good wrestling matches because this was a good wrestling match yeah Uh, it was really good it was it was a great triple threat match had all the elements of a triple threat match you would expect um the ending obviously was kind of uh, the ending was a little convoluted with becky getting the roll up yeah. and then she kind of grabbed the ropes but it's no disqualification when there's a triple threat so she wasn't in the wrong for doing that she ends up getting the win and uh so there you have that <laughs> basically yeah. it was basically there you had that but again I was kind of rooting for Sasha because I didn't want to have this instance where it was going to be confusing with the titles. So yeah. I was kind of like hoping like they would clear it up and just give Sasha the win and then yep. have, have her feud with Bianca or something like that, or not Bianca because Bianca's going on raw, but you know, do something different. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. that's not the case. And what about the crowd being uh, really in the corner of Becky Lynch too? The crowd played a big part. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain about it because it it's tough because I was in Becky's corner because I just love Becky. I always have, mm-hmm. but I still expected Sasha to win. But wow, did they give the other two? I mean, Sasha got a pretty good reaction. Bianca, oh, it was rough for Bianca because everybody cared about Becky. <laughs> that was it. Which, yeah. I mean, she's big time Bex. How could you not? But yeah, it was, it was very interesting to see how... Uh, how different the reaction was. Yeah. Well, it kind of was the same when you think about it with um with the Hurt Business and the Usos on the kickoff show. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, they were both heels. They were supposed to boo them, but my goodness, you went in there, you wouldn't have thought that the Usos were bad guys at all. They got a hero's welcome. Yeah. So apparently, it doesn't always matter if you do bad stuff or not. <laughs> you just can I mean, the Usos are the Usos, Roman's Roman, and Becky's Becky. I mean... You just can't you can't you can't discount the star power that is Becky Lynch. That's true. But speaking of Roman Reigns, he was in the main event with Brock Lesnar. Um, Roman actually got a really really good uh, reaction from the crowd. Like you said, it seems like the bloodline is super popular. Yeah. over there. Oh, um, yeah. um, Roman gets a big uh, reception, and so does Brock Lesnar. Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar got a big uh, reception too. 
But this match I was looking forward to because I was wondering if it was going to be the culmination of everything that's been going on with Brock and Roman and Paul Heyman because every chance that Brock gets, he tries to make it known that uh, Paul Heyman is still his advocate and it still works yeah. for him. But Paul, every time this happens, Paul just has this look on his face like he just crapped his pants. Yeah, yeah, he always <laughs> looks like he's gonna he's gonna cry. But <laughs> this, oh, it's always so weird judging these kind of matches because you can't really use a normal like wrestling lens when it comes to a Brock Lesnar match because right. it's never gonna be a technical masterpiece. Five out of five stars. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. I mean, because that's just how it is. That's how it always is with them. It's just you both just beating the shit out of each other until somebody won and i will say though i hated how michael cole leading up to this match kept hyping it up to be oh probably one of the best matches in wwe history no it was not (laughs) it was good but it's not it wasn't a 10 out of 5 star classic they they overhyped that one too much but it was still good it served the purpose a lot of people were expecting to see what happened with paul and roman and lesnar and i was kind of surprised i was kind of surprised it didn't really happen i think the way a lot of people expected where the ref gets knocked out they're both just lying there and Heyman just throws the title in the ring not really to anyone specifically just threw it in between them and said oh yeah you know what to do yeah he like per- perfectly placed it in between the middle of them and that so is, couldn't that even is. As, as as a viewer watching mm-hmm. it you couldn't even make the decision like oh he definitely threw it to brock or roman he yeah. threw it perfectly down the middle and then just was like you know what to do with it but who was he talking to it's you know that's that how, was the whole question like that that is how you call playing both sides and playing it well yeah because that's that's what he's really been doing if you remember on the the kickoff show they were saying it when roman was coming down to the ring they said they asked uh Heyman they said basically who's your allegiance to and he said well I'll be going down the ramp with the undisputed universal champion Roman Reigns and I'll be leaving with the universal champion yeah and that's it that's all he said yeah he didn't say who but that's master Heyman that's Heyman for you so I have I have a feeling this match isn't over yeah the feud's gonna keep going yeah which I mean eh, whatever but which it gives me the bad feeling that Lesnar will go away for a little bit and he'll come back and win the Royal Rumble, I think, which I just, oh. at, which I don't think is a good idea because we've talked about it before. The Royal Rumble is supposed to build the new stars, not put over older ones. Right. But I could just see that happening again as much as I wouldn't want it to. But yeah, this is far from over. So I'm going to be very interested tomorrow night to see what they do because I'm sure Heyman's going to have some explaining to do to one person or another. But still it was a good match wasn't bad wasn't the greatest match of all time but it was it was still it was what it needed to be yeah i think they did a good job using the referee uh the ref bump was pretty interesting Mm -hmm. and then my favorite part was brock lesnar just going (laughs) over and lifting him up with one hand he lifted him up like literally right clear off the ground and then just drops him like oh he's no use to me i was wondering Um, i'm like were you trying to wake him up is that what you were trying to do and that was the worst wake up ever because he just lifted him up off the ground like literally like three feet off the ground and he goes up oh, just drops him right like could him. you imagine being woken up like that just somebody picking you up by your like pants and then just dropping you face first on the ground like yeah and then that's Heyman, a rude wake-up call Heyman throws the title in there they both battle for it tug of war brock lesnar comes away with the title but then the usos show up stereo super kicks to the face of brock lesnar he gets laid out and then um, roman grabs the title uses the title and clocks brock in the head with it and there you have it. One, two, three. Roman Reigns retains the Universal Championship for now against Brock Lesnar. And now it begs the question, like you mentioned earlier, who's left? Like, yeah, who else could believably beat Roman for the title at this point? If Lesnar can't, I mean, that ending still sets up a rematch where you needed the belt and your cousins to beat me. So it wasn't a clean win by any means. So. Right. 
And not only that, but they're also hammering home that Brock uh, holds the record for longest reign of the Universal Championship with 510 days, I believe. Yeah, and something like that. Something like that. And they keep hammering home that Roman has got his eyes set to that. Like, he wants to beat that record and mm-hmm. be the longest reigning Universal Champion. So that's something, at least for me, it's like at least they're trying to give it some sort of lineage, some sort of legitimacy yeah. in terms of these guys hold the title and they hold the title for a very long time. Granted when Brock Lesnar held the title, we barely even got to see it. You know, he was never on TV or anything like that. It's definitely different from Roman who's been on TV with the title consistently, whether it be pay-per-view or SmackDown, just running through the competition. So there's no complaints on my end when it comes to that. I I do think that there's going to be a rematch, uh, like you say, down the road. And that's the only thing that kind of worries me is that they're, they can't find anybody to beat Roman realistically yeah. except for except for Brock Lesnar. I don't know if anyone could beat Roman Reigns, but why not give it a try? You know, like yeah. we still have you can still use Shinsuke Nakamura, who's probably still pretty popular. Yeah. There's a, those are whole cavalcade of guys that you, you can, can use Cesaro see. again. Cesaro again, I would love to see that being run back. So there's Drew. still there's Drew's another one. And you know, there's a ton of competition out there for roman to use um that i would love to see them throw at him before they decide okay brock lesnar is the only legitimate threat to roman reigns which i hope not because we've just seen it so many times before i just i don't know yeah but that concludes uh crown jewel like i said the flame emoji polls are up for another couple of hours um, until tomorrow. So check that out on our Twitter at ringside rundown. Go ahead and check that out. Vote for all of those. And if you have some thoughts on specific matches that you would like us to read off, we'll be doing that on Sunday is going to be our next episode where we'll be talking about uh, SmackDown and the fallout from crown jewel today. And also AEW rampage and dynamite. Yeah. So we get a. I feel like we're gonna be talking about AEW a lot more this yeah. coming Sunday on the podcast. They're screwing us up. They're screwing yeah. us up with these Saturday Night Dynamites. Like I can't take it. Yeah, yeah, it's really messing up our planes. But I feel like we have a we have a ton of stuff for AEW to talk about. A ton of backstage stuff. How we're feeling about the whole, uh, I guess, ratings war, if you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Um... I have something specifically I can't wait to talk about on Sunday for uh, NXT, and I think you kind of know what it is. It's a certain mysterious vignette we've been getting the last few weeks, and my theory as to who it may be, which I feel like we kind of all know who it is, but (laughs) I will still save that for Sunday because I'm excited to talk about that. Yes, definitely. But we're going to save it for Sunday. Make sure you check us out. Make sure you check us out. We're uh, all over the internet. All you have to do is go to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, search for Ringside Rundown, hit the subscribe button. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, basically all over the internet, wherever you can get your podcast. If you can't find it, just hit us up on Twitter at Ringside Rundown. And I or Shay will personally deliver the episode to you for you to listen to and let us know what you think. Yes, we'll um, serve it on a silver platter to you guys. Yeah, and we also have a ton of questions for Sunday's episode. So, uh, questions yes. that have been pouring in. So if you want to get your questions in and uh, be a part of the episode, drop your questions on Twitter, whether it be the DMs or, or a regular reply on Twitter, but we'll get your questions in and we'll answer them. Uh, Shay, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at ShailenHickson21. And if you guys like uh, video games and people just rambling on about God knows what, I have a Twitch, uh, Shay underscore Hickson21. Uh, might actually, we'll probably be streaming tonight, actually. Be doing some uh, more Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So if you guys can come hang out, please do. I always love chatting with new people. So uh, yeah. There you go. Check her out. Also, check me out on Twitter at Wrestling Cron. That's Wrestling C H R O N. You can also check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Eric the Ghost. Check me out on Twitch. I'm there sporadically throughout the week. I may be streaming tonight. I don't know. I might be hanging out in Shay's stream, uh, just chatting about the show and chatting about wrestling. But definitely check us out. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to talk wrestling with you and uh, have fun that way. Yes, please do. All right, so for Shay Hickson, my name is Eric Vasquez. We shall see you on Sunday with another episode of the Ringside Rundown podcast. Talk to you later. See you Sunday, guys.